Hey, my guest today is leading a legacy business transformation in the out-of-home industry. That is having an impact on all forms of advertising. Now, Scott Wells is the CEO of Queer Channel Outdoor Americas, where he is responsible for vision and strategy across all function. He joins us today to discuss his leadership mission and how he created a strategy that delivers superior customer results by champion innovation and insights. Welcome to All Business, Scott. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, first question I got to ask you right off the bat, because you've got a... I, when I when I saw the, your background and I saw that you left Bain to come here, I'm thinking, what? Why? So I'm, that's my first question. Well, you know, I'm, I'm coming from an operating background, so I was an operating partner at Bain. I wasn't fundamentally a deal guy, and so this was an opportunity yeah, to get Bain. back in it. It's Bain. Yeah, it's a great company, you know? but y- y- you make three decisions when you're an investor. You, you buy a company, you sell a company, and you fire the management team, or at least the leadership <laughs> of the management team. Right. And the opportunity to get back in doing the day-to-day running of a business was really attractive to me. Yeah. Well, you came from Dell and AT&T. Did you have ops there as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I started my career as a sales guy at AT&T. Um, I went to business school and, and spent some time in consulting after that, and then did a number of years at Dell in marketing and sales operations. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I got the, uh, the main hands-on experience other than sales. I'd love to see what Michael's doing again. I, I was cheering for him when he when he bought the place back. I was like, "Bring the Dell dude back," is what I said on Bloomberg. Actually, <laughs> I'm saying saying another another network. But when you when you were at Bain and you're looking at a deal, let me ask you about that because sometimes you see things inside the company when you're working. And you guys were an investor at Bain. When I say you guys, mean past tense. Did you see that and say, hey, man, I'd really like to get a shot at this? Or did somebody else come up to you and say, hey, we'd like to have have you well, come I, do this? I did uh, three interim stints in different parts of the company. So I had run the international business during the crisis yeah. back in 08 and 09. Mm-hmm. And then I helped the guy that we hired to actually run the international business when he took on uh, the whole country, the whole world for a while. I'd come on and helped him during the latter part of 2012. And so I'd been inside the company in that regard, and I was on the board the whole time. And when we were in the process of hiring a new leader for the Americas, I, I laid out a transition plan for Bob Pittman and Rich Bressler, and we, uh, we had a dialogue about it. And a couple days after, they reached back out to me and said, well, why don't you do it? And yeah. it, it's kind of that classic thing of, you know, uh, if you, uh, you want to do it right, you got to do it yourself. So yeah. um, I, I wanted to get in the mix. Are you happy with it? It's been great. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a blast coming on board. It's a terrific group of people. It's a great product. Uh, doing a lot of really cool things in the industry. We're going to we're gonna bring this medium uh, into the modern era. Well, I want to talk to you about that. Uh, by the way, you, sp- you said board. Uh, by the way, thanks for what you do with the Ad Council, because I know you're on that board. And, Absolutely. And a great organization, the stuff that they do, the, the things that they raise, which uh, I got to imagine with your position for out of home, it probably owns itself to do a little bit for them too. It's a it's a huge. We're so committed to the community everywhere we are, and Ad Council is just a great partner and and is always bringing uh, terrific work for us to participate in, and we we bring some stuff to them too. So really important relationship there. I so let's talk about out of home because that's how we describe the network, the 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 industry itself, and it's not the the sexiest thing. Now I and I've spoken to the out of home association a couple of times as a keynoter. 
but but there's a lot of cool things going on. I sit on the board for RMG, which makes a lot of this does a lot of the signage in the background behind the stuff. And then I know the deck folks at Dactronics, and I know Panasonic and all the guys that supply this stuff because my past life. But, but what do you find exciting about Out of Home? First of all, it doesn't have the Out of Home. What what a freaking name is that? Yeah, you know, we probably <laughs> we probably could do some work on branding there. Yeah. Um, you got of, a few what, signs. You could run some signs. You could well, do that. Yeah. One of my one of my sales leaders calls it in life, and I think that's actually oh. maybe a better name. So maybe we will will lobby the uh, the industry to change the name. But but that's the thing is we are where people are. And people are outside more t- more times than ever, and so it's a really exciting space on a on a few fronts. First off, it works. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the most. I'd powerful agree with you. Parts yeah, I'll it. sign up for that because yeah. I, I mean that's how. Look for the sign. I mean, look for the sign. I mean, you can't be stupid not to see the signs. But in South Dakota, where I'm from, I mean, the, the out out of home business is a big business because you got you're driving down the road. There ain't nothing else to look at, man. So you're you're hoping for a sign and wall drug. If you if you know if you've ever been there, and those they they put signs everywhere. So a long way off. Yeah, yeah a no, long you, way off. Yeah. They, they they build build the uh, the suspense for it. Um, so it works. That's that's the first part, yeah. um, and that that's worth a lot. And then you add to it, we are where people are, and in in a world where everybody's carrying supercomputers around, and you've got so much information going back and forth um, with those. You get an opportunity to do a lot of really exciting things, bringing mobile into it. I mean, we yeah. really are the first mobile medium, and now we're selling mobile alongside the uh, the big, beautiful what, out of home signs. What's that mean? So, when when you are you tying it into the signs in terms of being interactive? What? Well, not not so much interactive. Interactive is more what we do with social media. So we can talk about that in a minute. But on mobile. Um, the kind of thing that we're doing is we will uh, identify using mobile data where maybe a particular audience is. So say you're a car dealer and you're looking to reach people who are, who are shopping for a car. There are data sources we can go to that help us figure out which signs are most likely to reach people who are shopping for a car. We can then do a mobile uh, campaign that's tied to the location of those signs and also tied to the location of your dealerships so that it's actually feeding the, the message. So you might drive by one of the signs and, and see the sign, and then you go to the dealership and you get a promotion that, that uh, reaches out that says, buy now and uh, get $1,000 off or something along those lines. How are you pairing that drive-by? Is it just, just the demographic data of knowing where people are driving, or are you actually picking up off their phone? It's, it's working off of the mobile ad bid data network, so the same network that you're using when um, anybody that's selling you a mobile ad, because there's a lot of different, uh, you know, when you open up weather.com or you open up sure. any app and you have an ad served, that's, that's related to, that's uh, got your location uh, associated with it. And these things are not done on an individual basis. They're an aggregated anonymous. It's very consumer-friendly. It'd friendly. be great if it was individual, but you can't get it down to that yet. Right? Well, I'm, See, not, I'm the, not sure you want to get there. I mean, the, yeah. I think I think at that point, it, it might not be what consumers are, are, are looking for. But I'm sure that there'll be a lot of experimentation along those lines. Yeah, signed to one is probably not the best use. It, it's, it's not that efficient, probably, yeah. by the time you get to that point. But by having mobile uh, embedded in the in the value proposition, it's something that lets us reinforce the message. And you can have a consistent campaign, and, and you can have, you know, we, we like to start people with our classic signs, the printed ones, where you might be just driving reach and frequency. Right. Then you put the digital signs where you can change the copy based on the time of day or get a call to action and up there. So are you doing that that dynamic, Scott? I mean, where, where I can, you know, be monitoring that and be buying based on that? 
Well, we we can do triggers based on a whole lot of things. So time of day is the classic one. People sure. have been doing that since we've been making digital signs. But you can do it based on the weather. You can do it based on um, how much traffic is going by. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a car repair shop. It was, it was a local ad that, uh, depending on how much traffic there was, they either had a sign that was um, talking about where to get an accident fixed, you know, a more complicated thing, or they had, like, where to get an oil change, you know, a simple thing, depending on how, how fast the traffic was. You, you really can trigger off of almost anything um, for, the, for, the, for the digital uh, ads. Well, speaking of triggering, I got to talk a little bit about my friends at Duncan because it's another company that's shaken up the industry. Is Duncan their rich, decadent blends? Uh, they might say that it's a little bit different way, but I like decadent blends. It sounds good because it hits the spot every time. I pick up my Duncan espresso every single morning. Head to your local Duncan today and pick up a coffee uh, because America runs on Duncan and so does all business. You drink coffee? I am not a coffee fan, but I love Dunkin' Donuts. I do. You like donuts, man. What's your and favorite And their sandwiches. Don- they're, they're, uh, you their know breakfast they, sandwiches are amazing. That smokehouse uh, sandwich that they got is pretty killer. I, I'm on my TV show, and they, they, they haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but they have a steak sandwich, which they're coming out with, which is pretty – oh, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's yeah, nuts. It's, it's, yeah. it's great food. It's great, and good calories. they got a smart menu, too. Anyway, well, I could go on forever, but that, that's what they pay me to do. But I'm a fan. So I drink the stuff too. I drink. I don't drink the Kool Aid. I drink the coffee. There you go. <laughs> How's that? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so you know, one of the things I was really intrigued by was your changes that you made. Um, you know, I I thought uh, one of the things that really just I thought was killer was the thing that you got to speed to market. Can you talk a little bit about that being twice as fast, but four times as even better? Well, that, that's our that's our mission uh, that we talk about in terms yeah. of twice as fast is is four times better. And yeah. and the the point is. Everything's getting faster, and Out of Home has a reputation, an earned reputation, of taking a long time to get going. You know, from the time that you decide you want to buy it to when it actually gets up in the air. I mean, God, there are people on our team that remember when we were painting signs, and those things uh-huh. didn't happen uh, yeah. overnight by any means. You know, we're we're looking to get to where we can we can have that cycle time set aside, however long it takes to get the printing, because the printing uh, is kind of an independent step. But where we're looking to get the cycle time down to a couple of days so well, that you I, can move fast. I thought that was pretty cool because I, I, when I was reading through the notes, it was responding to like RFPs. Uh, you, you put in there, we respond to them within 24 hours, which I thought, hey, that's a no-brainer. But it's not that easy one. No. Right? Especially when it's complicated. Because I've called you guys when I was chief marketing officer and did work with you. And, and I was spending millions, okay? Um, Thank Times time Square and a few others. And it's not an easy thing to do. To get all of those things worked out, you know, with the agencies and everything else. So when you have an RFP, then it's got to work its way through. But I, here's what I liked about it, and I thought well, this is really smart. So if I'm responding back quick, they say yes. I can fill. I don't have to wait till the end of the month. I can start them in the middle of the month. I could start them the next day, right? And that's really what you've got inventory that's hanging there. And I've got to imagine you got some inventory you're not getting paid for because they stopped the ad last month, so you don't necessarily take the ad off, right? Well, speed's good for us on a whole bunch of dimensions, and we're not always within 24 hours. If it's really complicated, yeah, it, sure. it, it might take a little bit longer. But that's we're shooting for for the 24-hour turnaround. Uh, but it, it does good for us on a whole bunch of dimensions in terms of just being responsive to customers. I mean, one of the things we've really been focusing on is putting our customers first and making sure that, that we're responding to what they're concerned about. And speed was a big issue. We didn't even know when I started how often we were actually answering RFPs in time. I mean, we didn't really have a, a, a measure of it. And when we measured it, 
it was not much more than two thirds of the time that we were on time. And these are for people who are thinking about buying. People like give you were. People that want to give you. They want to spend money. Yeah. So this, this isn't you know going out and cold Convincing. calling. Yeah, you know right. this is this is you've got people who are ready to spend money. And we've got that now to where we're uh, we're on time and on time defined by when they're asking for it, um, uh, almost ninety nine percent of the time. Is that so, a K- is that a KPI for you then? Is it's that something, something we watch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it, it's a number that's really important to to our senior team to keep an eye on, and uh, it, it's a part of the business that is a critical part of the business because our, our customers are not they're not moving slower they're moving faster, faster too yeah. and i mean we're doing things now where stuff that stuff that people five years ago wouldn't have imagined where a, a deal comes in or an idea comes in on a friday and we've got it up over the weekend on the digital signs that's that's on digital that you can that you can pull off you that kind of immediacy is digital better now is digital better better than the the print you know our customers actually have a pretty broad range of opinion on that because the the printed is really powerful in terms of getting you a great, beautiful picture, and you own the location 100. percent With yeah. digital, you're getting a portion of the sign. You're getting it, um, you know, one out of every eight slots, and how we and how we manage it. Uh, I would not say digital's better. Digital's more flexible. Uh, digital can be faster, and it's really good for call to action. So it's got it's got elements like that because you can make it very. You know, we're actually in some situations tying into point of sale data. So that we're promoting on the signs what a retailer down the road is trying to sell more of. Um, that that's something that was completely unheard of just a couple of years ago. But getting that sort of integration with the customers, where you're where you're really uh, pitching things in real time that are you're adjusting in real time. But that works. I mean, it works on that. I'm sitting here thinking, well, that works because I mean, when I'm driving down the road, it's like two exits before. I don't know, Krispy Kreme or, or oh, I shouldn't have said that word. I, I should. Oh, that was oh, the wrong choice. Wrong choice, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, there goes fifty grand right there. They, no, it'd be like, but I see like you know Cracker Barrel or something like that because when I'm on the road with the family, they always want to stop at Cracker Barrel or something like. that. Sure, absolutely, yeah. or at Dunkin' because we I mean yeah, Dunkin's an outdoor thanks. advertiser Woo. too. Ooh, this guy is we saving me, him. man. He's saving me. Look at that. I love this. This is good. This is a smart CEO right here. I can tell you that right now. He's he, he's saving me from myself. But there were some other things that you. So I think that to me, when I read that, I went, I wrote down the word killer, because I think that's a killer kind of thing. The other thing is you went in and had to do some divestitures in the marketplace. So like like seven, I, I think wasn't it total. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have to. We, no, we I, chose I, to. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's, one that's of a good the, point. Good point. One of the things one of the things about this business is it's really capital intensive. So and and your capital's driven by how many locations you've got. So it doesn't matter if they're the highest dollar locations in a big city or a rural market. You're going to spend money to keep them safe. You're going to spend money to keep them looking good. And that's a constant challenge. And what we found was we were spending an inordinate amount of capital maintaining markets that really were pretty different in operations from what we were doing with the things we were doing with Just, data it did, and mobile. It didn't meet like your that. core. It wasn't. It. I mean, it was still outdoor signage, right? So right. it's the same business in a lot of ways, but the customer dynamic was really different. They weren't markets that were key to our national sales footprint. And uh, it was something that that we felt like gave us a lot more focus. It's been it's been a good move for us. Yeah. How do you figure that up when you come in as a CEO? How do you decide? Okay, you know we've had this. Now we've got to do it differently. This is what we do. How do you make those decisions and kind of put a filter around, like selling off pieces of the business? Well, a big part of it is settling in on what it is we wanted to accomplish. So you know, I had had the advantage of having been there in an interim role prior, so I had a pretty good feel for the business and had a team that was pretty skilled and, and had strong views. 
So we were able to go in and, and paint a vision of where we wanted to get to, which was all about integrating with mobile data and integrating with um, with with modern media techniques, if you will. And that really pointed us to our largest markets and to the places where um, we had footprint that we were going to be able to convert digital, where we were going to be able to keep a great mix of printed assets and, and embed all of them with data to make them make them more valuable. And that's what that's what helped us. That's what helped us sort through it. I think the other thing that was key is we wanted to keep of a scale that we could still innovate because yeah. we didn't want to get so we didn't want to make it such that we were so small that we weren't a scale player in the industry and that we weren't able to invest behind the big initiatives. Well, you, you use the word investment. That's the next question I was going to ask. Then is that that allowing you to invest more and double down on some other bets? Absolutely. I mean, we've definitely been able to focus our capital uh, into the into the markets that we're looking to grow. We've invested heavily in data. We've invested heavily in training salespeople on uh, how to sell mobile. We've got a lot more to do on that. Uh, it's sort of a big modernization, but that's that's all part of it. And it's it's part of the focus because how you sell in those those markets we divested is a lot more a pure local sale. And what we're what we're aiming for, the sweet spot we're hitting for, is more regional, national. Uh, as opposed to uh, locals, incredibly important, and there's a lot we need to do to drive drive local as well. But it's a it's a balance um, that we're trying to strike that this that this helps us. Well, talking about uh, complications and things that get complicated, I don't know. Do you get a lot of emails, Scott? I get a ton. A whole of lot of emails. Yeah, I do too. And I got tired of it that I actually went out and looked for a solution, and I found these guys at SaneBox. Okay, my number one complaint that I hear from every single business executive. Too much email. We wake up with hundreds of them. I've had this problem for years, and then I found Samebox. I called these guys. I said, "You got to be a sponsor. You got to come into this company because I I went out and got this product, and it's freed up hours a day because it allows me to drag these emails over and put them into a box like black hole newsletter friend um, later. I like that one too. And then whenever I ask for it, it, it brings them back. And I also, if I want to follow up, like I was following up with your team to get you on the show, uh, we were putting like two day, one day at SaneBox, and then it pops back in. So if we don't hear from your team, it pops back in my email box. So it becomes this tickler file, which means great executive tool. It's my secret weapon. It's www.sanebox, S-A-N-E, box.com forward slash Hazlet, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. That's a mouthful, but you can go on the site, but you just go to SaneBox and forward slash Hazlet, and we'll give you a couple free uh, weeks of the tool just to give it a shot. But I'm telling you, my freaking secret weapon. I use it all the time. You talk about speed to market, right there. That's it. That gets it done for you. That's mine. That's mine right there. Put that on a sign. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. How are you incorporating, you know, all the stuff that I'm listening with marketers talk about ad tech, right? And yours hasn't always been a real digital market, although we're talking about much more digital. So how have you developed, you know, things to line with the ad tech side of it? You know, it, it's an, an area that it's clearly going to be the future. Um, whether whether you know you use the P word programmatic that uh, the Ooh. people bandy around, you know, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. or no, whether I'm you, okay with program, programmatic because if you're doing your stuff right, you can get them to buy. I mean, I, we have C-suite TV. I have two television shows. 
all of it's bought by that way. Right. Now, I have some sponsors we integrate, but almost all the ads are bought against the demographics of what we're able to have. I just little. always hate it when I say buzzwords. I have to yeah, you know, yeah, give myself okay. a little that's kick okay. in the pants. All but right. it, we're, we're going to be automated with, with everybody that we're doing business with. And so a big part of our philosophy has been to take all of our systems and create APIs in them so that we're able to link into other people's systems electronically. Uh, ultimately, you, you talked about ad tech specifically. What that's going to let us do is be able to do business with a different um, group of customers as well who are used to buying digital. We can make our big boards, particularly the digital big boards to start with, look like just a really, really big banner ad, um, if you will. Now, that's mm-hmm. not that's not maybe not the right word to choose because banner ads have a little bit of a reputation. But the, um, the and reality more, and is... More old school. Right. Well, a little bit, a little but bit the, more old school, but they'd be, it, it's an audience. We'll be able to sell an audience where we'll be able to say, okay, if you're looking to reach 100,000 people who are thinking about, um, you know, buying detergent, we can, we can come up with it. Now, that's probably or put, a, or a political a campaign. One. Vote. Get Absolutely. out and vote that day. You know, that's going to be something we've It's something we've bounced off. The, the digital capability, the reaction we get with politicians is always, well, can I control it? And uh, we do have to have an editorial. Uh, you can't. You can't be putting. Uh, well, you got local standards, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But but uh, we are we are going to be doing business with all sorts of. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm you're visualizing this. Yeah, I'm visualizing now. <laughs> I can imagine the Trump ad now. You know, on either side, on either side, the world's biggest Twitter feed, right? Exactly. You, uh, we, oh, we've man. had that proposed to us too. Putting sure. just putting the uh, the feed up there, and 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 have done it. We actually do a lot with with uh, with social, but we we can come back to that. But on on working with ad tech, it's the kind of thing where we want to make our our inventory available where the customer is. And some of our customers are coming through um, specialists. Some of our customers are going direct. Some of them have different kinds of agency partners. And there's definitely some that want to go through ad tech, and we want to make it possible to buy our inventory that way. And so it's a journey. It's not going to be something that uh, we can scale immediately, but it's something that I'd expect within the next uh, next year or so we're going to be doing you know pretty actively. Well, a reminder, I'm talking to Scott Wells, the CEO of Queer Channel Outdoor America. So, and we're talking about the entire outdoor market, out, what we'd call the out of home market, both the digital and more traditional uh, classic. I love the word that you use, classic. I like that. You you mentioned team because when you came in, you made some divestiture, you made some changes. You'd been here before. Uh, but you you made some new changes to the bench too. You brought on some new people. I mean, uh, like absolutely. Your, your CMO is one of those. I happen to know who that is, and I remember when he was getting recruited for the job, and he was in my office the day that he got the call, and uh, we were talking, and and uh, it was, I said, "Why out of home?" That was my first question to him. And then he went on to a commercial, by the way. But <laughs> how, uh, uh, how how many how many people? Do, I mean, how do you know? Who to bring and who to take, and you know, do you bring some people back out that you knew before and bring them up and said this person's overlooked, and or did you go out out and look, you know, it, elsewhere? So it was it was a mix. So mm-hmm. we we had a pretty strong team, and so there was a good, particularly on the operational side, we had a, a really strong team that that was in place, and so I had a good foundation to build from. Um, I did not bring in people that I had worked with before for the most part because it is a pretty different business. And by and large, I wanted to get people who had some media experience, and I hadn't worked in media before. Um, so uh, you referred to Dan, the CMO. Yeah. Um, you know, with Dan, the, the uh, recruiter found him, and after my first conversation with him, I had a pretty strong view that he was a strong candidate, and so we cultivated him. And he was tough. 
He was he a tough was, guy to sell. He, he was not. He was not sold. I'll tell you that. When we, I remember when I talked to him because he was he had a plan to go off and do something else. Yeah. And then he said, "I, Jeff, what do you think?" And I gave him the pros and cons, and and uh, luckily he went the he went the right way. I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled he joined us. He's yeah. doing he's doing a great job. Um, but so you know, with him. Uh, it was definitely it was somebody we just literally found through a recruiter. With our president of sales, uh, he was someone who was known to the company. So mm. when we were in that process, um, his name came up because he had been at our parent company, iHeart, uh, in an earlier stage in his career. And we got him on the uh, the recruitment list, and uh, it was a, a great opportunity for him to, him to come join us. Um, we just hired a general counsel. She came in through a, a recruitment process. Actually doesn't have media experience, but is really deep in real estate, which is an important part Big of our part business. part of what you do. Right? And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for the expertise, but I'm also looking for uh, the right fit. You know, people who have the right sort of ego profile and, and curiosity, because those are things that are really important. Yeah, how do you weigh that? I mean, how do you know? Is it chemistry? It's it's chemistry, and it's it's asking. You can learn a lot about a person by asking them to walk through the toughest decisions that they've made. For yeah. instance, as one as one possible thing, because you find out if they're just thinking about themselves, or if they're thinking about their coworkers, or if they're thinking about the company. Um, you can learn a lot through. Uh, references, references are really, really important to get. Uh, a Did feel you call for. references? Huh? Absolutely. Yeah, you personally. I personally, yeah. yeah. I, I would have the recruiter do some of them, yeah, but sure. I, I always talk to a couple of people um, directly myself. Usually, people who had analogous relationships to I what I had. You, you don't see that very often. Really? I, I, no, I got to tell you, I, I know a lot of people who take a lot of high high jobs, and I'm their reference, and I know these people really well. And we're talking about some, you know, Fortune ten companies, Fortune one hundred, Fortune one thousand. And no, they don't call. Every once in a while, I'll call. I'll get a call. I had somebody call me the other day and said, "What do you think about this?" I said, "You'll be the stupidest person in the world if you don't hire this person." That's what I said. They go, "You feel well, like better str- not name names." Yeah, I won't name <laughs> names. But they did hire. They did hire her, and she was she's that good. And and I said, "You'd just be stupid not to hire." I mean, and oh, I oh, stupid not to hire. Not sorry, to hire. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Oh, not the other way around. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, not got to it. Hire. Okay. Because you know, and I would tell them, I don't think I'd be somebody's reference if they were, right, you know, if it right. was bad. Usually, although I could tell them some good things, but there'd also be some bad things about the people. What what's what's been the what's been the toughest decision you've ever had to make? Oh, you're throwing it right back. Yeah, at I me. love I love that question. By the way, I think it's a very good question. You know, it, it's a it, it is a really good question. I mean, in the course of of business, so I mean, like from a career perspective, honestly, you hit on it with your first question about leaving Bain, Bain to come yeah. to come do this. For, that was a big for, This a, this was a big move. I bet you. Are you I, can I ask you? You're married. Kids? I am married. Yeah. See, that's a tough. To, you you're really like whoa. Because where were you living, by the way? Well, I I'm still living there. I'm I'm living in Boston outside okay, of yeah. outside of Boston. So good, well, good uh, for you. I just I commute. Now, it's a travel job. We're we're very you're spread on the, out. Business. You're in the Americas. You're gonna if you're not doing your job, if you're not traveling, you're not doing your job. That's exactly right. Yeah, so you're gonna be so customers. That that aspect of it, but you know, from a from a business perspective, um, probably when we were restructuring marketing at Dell, and I had a um, a pretty extensive team, and we had to make some really tough choices uh, in terms of who was going to be on the team and who was going to yeah. be reporting to who and how that was going to work, um, and that that structure and hitting the budget that we were being. Uh, challenged with it sucks was was probably the toughest decision yeah. it was a whole sequence of events um in the mid 2000s did you that, try to fight it uh, you know for a little while i yeah. did but i had a i had a boss at the time who who was kind of a no-nonsense guy really experienced joe Marenji, great guy great great boss learned a ton working for him he really taught me a lot about execution 
And he just, you know, de-emotionalized it for me. He's like, no, you got to really think about what you need because we're going to ask you to run this thing and, and you got to have the people that you need to run it, but you can't have this much money's worth. You've got this finite amount of money. So, you got to make a choice. So stack rank it. Is it you, and, that, what? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was, he, he really led me through that process and helped me, uh, helped me make those decisions. But that, that was probably the, the toughest because it was a, a major restructuring. Can you ever de- de-emotionalize it? Not fully. I mean, yeah. not at least I can't. But yeah. um, but he helped me. He helped me wrap my head around how to get as reasonable about it as I could. It's it's always a tough one to have to make those decisions, but you have to, and that's that's the mark of a leader. I, I love the question, by the way. I think that's probably my learning from today. I was asked that tough question like that. Thank you. Well, you get an insight to people. You know, it's like you know my, my former CM, CMO at Kodak came to me and said he would come to me and say, Jeff, we I need to have ten percent of your budget. Okay, Frank, no problem. And he would look at me like I was crazy. I go, Frank, you're not asking me because you know it's a arbitrary decision. You need it. Right. That's my job is to help you get to where we got to go. Got it. Got to make that call. I did not like it. No, of course not. Because no. I would like to be able to spend the money and do the things and do the things that I hope to plan. But that's the way it works. Well, you got to learn to prioritize. Yeah. It's it's a it's a key feature. Hey, you mentioned community partners because I, that was been one of your tenants, and you and I mentioned the ad council. But you guys, you have to. It's it's a good thing for business, but at the same time, I'd say you have to be involved in the community because you're integrated to the community. Your, your signs are everywhere. We're part of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, you're, you're part of the. What with the I don't know what the the sideline sightline in terms of seeing things right. right so you have to really be a part of that or it's a problem for you yeah no there's no doubt and and we do everything from um, helping the FBI catch criminals so the industry I can't claim this for Clear Channel but the industry has helped the FBI capture 54 people off the most wanted list what by flashing their pictures and stuff on the digital signs yeah yeah i told you this medium works so that's cool that that's something that that the industry's been doing for for six or seven years it's a long-standing initiative um so that's that's one end of the spectrum and and probably amber alerts and everything amber alerts alerts gotta be a big are are something that that we uh, you know when that bridge fell in minneapolis that's actually one of our markets we put up signs that directed people around Don't where the bridge there. was so yeah. um, help help change the flow of traffic and that's something that's a big opportunity uh, as things get more digital to, to help flow around cities and, and manage cities a lot of opportunities in that area and then we do we do a lot of things um, locally where we'll um, most of our most of our branches have relationships with uh, charities in the community so like JDRF um, or you know the Jimmy Fund, or depending on depending on where you are, you have different different series of relationships where we'll donate signs that they auction off and um, yeah, use the proceeds for for, for charity. And uh, probably our biggest our biggest partnership. Keep me honest on this one, uh, Jason, is um, uh, with Polaris, which is an anti human trafficking um, initiative. It's a it's doing great work all around the country in terms of. Um, helping eradicate modern slavery, which, which is a is, lot bigger problem than anybody thinks it's that it big. is. It's big. It's everywhere. It's in every damn community there is. And people don't think it is. And you see these women and men, uh, young men, kids getting snatched. And, and even the stuff, like, let me, I'm going to jump in on there with sure. this, too. Because it really, you, you see somebody like in New York, and they're selling counterfeit goods. You know they're selling counterfeit. That's part of the slavery. Right. I mean, that's part of it right there. That, that that person's trying to make a living to send money back home because there's somebody's being held. They're living 20, 30 people in a freaking room. Don't help that way. Go, go find another way to help people. Yeah. That's a great way. Good good stuff. want to tell my listeners about a great men's clothing brand called Mack Weldon. 
They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Man, I love this. Everyone knows I'm a big fan of my cowboy boots and my custom blazers, but sometimes you just need some basics like, I got to talk about it, t-shirts, socks, undershirts, and underwear. Hey, you know, I'm sexy. I'll talk about these things. Shopping for these items has always been a chore, so when a friend introduced me to Mack Weldon, I was immediately impressed by their business model. I love it. Order online and ship right to my door. It takes the stress out of the free shopping experience, man. And if you don't like it, they'll send it. you can send it back. So MacWeldon.com is a new friend of the show and is offering 20% off for our listeners by using the promo code BUSINESS. So go fill it out, do it, and put in business. And like, like business, we're going to give you some money off 20% just for listening. Hey, I want to take one more break, and then I want to come back and, and finish up because we've got – this is just good stuff. I love talking about this. You're a good guy, too. Not a bad company. I'm enjoying talking to you, A good Jeff. guy. Well, a lot of people do. I get that a lot. Well, I mean, you, you get to look at me, too. It's, he, he gets to see me here, good folks. This is eye candy talking right now. <laughs> this is it. Hey, I want to talk about my friends at Liberty Tax because it's good to have them on board. I love these guys. You know, I was at their convention this summer and spoke to, I don't know, thousands of these franchisees. It was awesome because they're just good people. I was up in Alaska here a week ago, and I ran in and saw one of their folks up there, so it was just good. They got over 4,000 offices across North America. Uh, hey, if you're looking to get you know uh, your taxes done, you know, some financial advice, that's a good place to go. Or if you're looking to buy a business or a seasonal opportunity, you want to make some extra money, you got to call Liberty. That's a good thing. All right. And, I, you know, what's the, what is on your horizon right now? I mean, of the thing, you, like, like you got three things that are on your sheet of paper you got to get done today. What, what, are those, what are those top ones? So, I mean, I think for, first and foremost, it's executing the, the modern media sales effort. That's something that, that the business, the industry as a whole, um, really was not marketing itself as a as a modern medium. So so doing that in a in a structured way and really driving that sales effort. That's that's the first. Are you doing thing. that better than the other guys? I mean, there's you've got some big competition out there. When I think about some of the others, we, we've got some we've got some really strong competition. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to thump my chest too much, and I'd tell you that we're all too early for anybody to be declaring victory. Yeah. Um, because I'm talking about really driving demand, not just catching what what comes. We've been doing it for years at the local level, but it's the big company um, sales outreach. Changing it's a little bit of getting them to drink the Kool Aid or changing behavior. To yeah, some and, extent, and, right? and and to realize how important a role out of home can play in their in their media mix. Way too many people don't use it, and yeah. it's a it's a huge opportunity for people uh, to to, like to, to fire up. So. So just laying in a, a, a real strong sales outreach effort, and, and Bob McEwen, our president of sales, is doing just a fabulous job uh, build, building that out. So that's, that's thing one. Thing two is smart innovation. So you can innovate for innovation's sake, but trying to innovate where the customer really cares and where it's really going to make a difference um, and so the things that we talked about earlier about speed, I mean, that came from my first month and a half, I just went on a road show talking to our customers, and I, I heard a lot about, you're too slow, you're not responsive enough, you're not getting me the answers that I need when I need them, I'm under a ton of pressure, if the budget doesn't get spent, it goes away. So, you know, innovations around speed, innovations around measurement to be able to better prove that the, the medium works, innovations around adding mobile into the mix. So, so innovation is the, is the, the, the second piece of it, and, and just customer centricity and sort of ease of use. That, that's what I'm always, when, when I hear a story from a seller and the story doesn't involve them having really understood what the customer was trying to do, 
um, that's the the first thing we start with. Like, okay, well, why why were we trying to actually get this sign to blink on and off at this particular time? Because that sounds like kind of a crazy idea. What did the customer want to do? Um, because oftentimes, if we're not listening enough and we're not paying attention to what the customer's trying to do, we're just trying to push something that's interesting for interesting sake, and that's not that's not key. So, making us more customer centric, getting the modern media outreach and, and innovating where it's smart. The, that's that's what makes up my days and they're fun days that's awesome well it's paying off for you and i appreciate you being here right here on all business and i gotta tell you one other thing as we close another thing to think about when you're a business i will tell you how i used out of home one time uh, i've used it a number of times and lo- certainly local markets but nationwide but also for my own television show one of the things i wanted to do is reinforce the buy of a customer of sponsoring my tv show after the fact so I went to their key hubs of where they had a lot of employees, and I bought the drive routes. Nice. And I bought the drive routes saying, hey, my TV show is brought to you by XYZ Company. I'm not going to say the name. And I also found out where the CEO, the CMO, and the key officers lived, and I bought the signs around them, too, because that was, I thought, a great way of being able to say you made a good buy. Absolutely. And by them seeing it, so I reinforced. So it's not just about the sale before and getting to buy, but it's the reinforcement that they made a great investment afterwards. So if you're a car dealer, if you're you know, a dry cleaner or a big national chain, it's a great way to reinforce, hey, thanks for coming and doing business with us. I love it. That's, yeah. that's a new one we need to add to the toolbox. There, there you go. It worked out well. It worked out. It was very devious. That comes from my old campaign days, political campaigns where we do that kind of stuff, and it makes sense. And if it makes sense, you ought to be doing it, and that's what we do every day right here. Thanks very much, so much, for visiting with me today here on All Business with Jeff. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and I learned about listening. You know, big business. He runs a big, big business, Scott does. And, you know, when you think about it, I'm not talking about big signs. I'm talking about big dollars, and big dollars requires you to do one thing, listen. So if you want big dollars, start listening. If you listen to what your customers want and how they want it, when they want it, the way they want it, you give it to them. And if you give it to them, you get big bucks. And that's what I learned here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. And you learn something new every time you listen to the show. I always do. You probably heard something else. If Whatever you heard, let me know. Tell me. Tweet me. Uh, Facebook me. Whatever you want. Just tell me what it is that you learn. I always like to hear your perspectives as, as well. And don't forget to tell your friends because uh, you telling your friends, that's how we grow. I appreciate it. This is Jeffrey Hazlett right here on All Business on Play.it CBS Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.